The Razor Show is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And one of the cool little features here, it's just the easy two-tap checkout. A lot of things in life that would be much easier if it just took two taps. A lot of stuff in my life that take three, four, and five. So. Big tip of the cap there to game time for making it a two-tapper. So the game time app, just know it's simple and it's quick and easy to navigate. That's really the best part. Download the game time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to the Razor Show with the Athletics Nick Underhill and Jeff Howe. Plus, three-time Super Bowl champion, Matt Chatham. Good morning, everyone. How we doing? What's going on in your life? What's been going on in fandom out there? Um, maybe you caught the game. Not sure. I certainly did. Uh, the Patriots beat the Cowboys the other day. That was pretty cool. The other day. It was last night. This is a Monday morning. This is Matt Chatham. Maybe you can hear it in my voice. I'm in a good mood, a little goofy mood. Got up super duper early this morning to kind of rewatch the broadcast. Wanted to watch it a second time. Was tempted. Did the family thing. Uh, you know, a lot of times coming home late. I think I got to the house about nine. That's not late, but got home nine from the stadium and, um, you know, had the game, had recorded it, had my, my, my son watch it and, and make sure it was recorded on the, uh, the whatever on the TV there to check back in and started doing some kid stuff, started, uh, you know, hanging out with my buddy, actually sitting down with my son and uh, watching a little of that Packers Niners game in part because we both had some fantasy guys, <laughs> some fantasy football plays alive in that game. So I'll apologize to everyone right then. Now, I don't know if it's in the, I don't need to apologize, but I'll explain to everyone now that, uh, I did not rewatch the game late into the evening last night, as I often do on those 4 o'clock games. I waited to do it this morning until the 5 o'clock hour and try to knock it out before I could come back on the air with y'all. But uh, I kind of enjoyed it. It's family week. There's sort of Thanksgiving in the air. Not that every week shouldn't be family week, but I really enjoyed, uh, you know, sitting down with my son and kind of talking through what was going on with his fantasy lineup and watching him chew through fingernails and try to <laughs> try to pull off a win that he did. I was happy for him. But I know, uh, you know, my my angle in this world uh, of NFL covering, you know, NFL football analysis is obviously the more real stuff. Obviously the more, uh, you know, I, the uh, not always X's and O's, but contextual stuff and player insight stuff and the reporting is those things as well. So that's kind of... Uh, you know, that's kind of, uh, I know what I provide. I know my role. Uh, but you know what? I, I've, I'm very thankful on a Thanksgiving weekend for the fantasy angle because I think it actually brings uh, interest to kids in the game, uh, a pseudo portion of the game, but it, it, it gets them to pay attention to games more often. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the fantasy football leagues and things like that. And I certainly uh, mind my own those with buddies and friends and things like that and the occasional DFS play. So Anyhow, that was a giant tangent, uh, other than to say I did get back through that game this morning and I came away really impressed, really, uh, really pleased. I, I don't see how, you know, and I don't know what the, the hot takes world is going to make of that thing for the rest of this week, but I think that's why you come here. I think that's what our brand is, that uh, you want to get away from that stuff. You'd rather hear a more sort of sober view of what went on, good, bad, and otherwise. And uh, I come away from that on rewatch. Yeah, I certainly know what it felt like live, you know, sitting up there in the comfort 
comforts of the of the the sort of media area up top. It was a uh, nice and toasty inside there. It was absolutely miserable outside. But I certainly had one view that yeah, there's some rough stuff. There was a few areas for improvement, but uh, really, really positive overall. And it's certainly how we presented it on SN after the game, and that was what, what I thought live. But watching it back, I was like, man, there are so many gutsy, big time step up, got to make play moments in this ball game. Um, just got to be really, really pleased with what the Patriots were able to pull off there. And offensively, I don't share in the even mild sense of disappointment. That was a win, and it's not just, oh, you eked it out. I thought they played great sort of field position ball. I think that there are obviously several third down stops where they didn't get conversions, or even the second and longer stuff where they didn't get themselves necessarily in position for the thirds to be shorter, where you look at it as sort of risk assessment. And I've been, I've heard Bill give this speech a number of times, uh, obviously many, many times as a player, but also even just as an analyst after, and we get our access to him in the preseason games. And he, he talks, he talks about uh, strategy quite a bit. And this is one of those games where it's a big bill game, right? Is a, a lot of strategy going on. There's a huge amount of wind. It's side. It's basically the rain's moving sideways. We saw that in pregame. Uh, Doug, Doug Kide and uh, Zach Cox and myself were doing that pregame chat for Nesson. And uh, I mean, you could have yourself a canopy down there on the sideline, but you're still getting wet because the rain's moving sideways. So sideways rain, uh, wind gusts were in that like 14 to 16 inch uh, ish range. So it's not like you know, it's not like it's a tornado, but it's it's persistent. It's sideways. It's moving from basically the north end zone to the south. So Walpole to Rentham kind of deal. Uh, so every, but every, you know, it never stopped for for really four quarters. I was blessed and really happy to to go down and do post game about forty five minutes after uh, to hop on for Nesson, and by then it had died. And I'm telling you, from you know two hours before kickoff until right within maybe fifteen minutes of the game ending, <laughs> it would just kept going. But I think that in part after sort of being in person there and realizing how shitty of a day it was and how difficult it was going to be to throw the football, to handle the football, to possess the football, to make cuts, to catch deep downfield balls that were thrown on line because the balls, you know, it's waterlogged. It's 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 very difficult to catch. Uh, I think another point of perspective for me was is is doing this as a youth football coach this year and having the kids outside and uh, in. Uh, you know, in these practices, in the rain, we did a handful of those throughout the year, and we're trying to tough them up. We're trying to send them through that stuff. And you know, as coaches, we're just joking around and throwing the rock around, throwing the football around. And once it get, takes on water, fuck, you, I don't care how good your your dry hands are, your hands are as a human being. You almost have to basket catch everything if you really put your hands up to frame it, and it's moving with any velocity. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's tough to do. So, it's a it's a miracle when you catch a damn thing on a day like that. You have to almost do touch passes more than anything. You really don't driving stuff in is hard. So, you may have seen several of those instances where they say the Patriots in third and eleven or third and seven, or even even the Cowboys with Dak and his people, uh, and they driving it in. You know, you're trying to fit in a quick ball, but if you ha- got yourself in a situation where you couldn't tempo it, you couldn't pull a layer under it and just have it sort of land into the hands as opposed to drive into a tight window. The driving a tight window that was trying to be framed by hands alone and not sort of almost body catching, which is what you normally wouldn't do. But on a day like that, you kind of have to do it more to make sure you secure it. Make sure you stop <laughs> the, the the inertia. You know, it's all it's a heading really. It's heading in one direction. It doesn't want to stop. And sometimes a hands with some a pair of hands with some uh, synthetic whatever over over or covering on the hands isn't going to stop it. So uh, 
or it's just going to hit and slip on and, and, and sort of ramp away from the hand. So it, it was a day where it was nasty. So I think the I thought this is actually, in retrospect and review, a pretty impressive day. A, a very, let's see, let's put it this way, an encouraging day for the Patriots offense. Yeah, there's some failures out there. I think you've got the three biggest drops. Uh, you know, you had a big, a deep downfield ball to Harry, a big comeback, man. He ran an excellent route. Tom threw an excellent ball. Just couldn't come down with it. Again, I think that's the deeper, deeper not fade balls, but deeper driving outside. It's probably the hardest ball to catch on that day. Maybe he learns from it in retrospect and he body catches that. But, um, you know, that that was, a, you know, it's a missed opportunity. You had uh, the, the big Jacoby Myers down the middle of the field ball that was about a 35-ish yard kind of play where he has it, but then he's hit and it pops out. Um that's one. Edelman had one that it's you know virtually impossible to, to blame Jules on this, but it's a driving ball in what, a third and thirteen one I think it was, and it's high kind of it's high, and I say high just because it's above the shoulders, but it wasn't out of reach. It was it was through the hands, but again you know Tom's putting putting smoke on it, and if you're just sitting there thinking that would have been a miracle if it was caught. So the reason I put those three out there is you know cumulatively that is basically. Uh, that's basically another 100 yards of receiving. There's three plays there were a couple 35s and like a 18 that gets dropped, you know, just beyond the sticks there. So you get close to 100 yards. And I think I think the reason the reason I put that out there is because I kind of sense that and this happens a lot that this game is going to be reviewed in memoriam or whatever from weeks weeks from now and people are going to look back and then at Brady's performance and go, "Oh, 17 for 37, 190 yards, just more of the same struggling offense, can't move it." Well, for one thing, let's look to the other side. 19 for 33, 212 uh, for Prescott. So basically, they're about the same. It, what Brady was better at is he threw a touchdown and uh, didn't have a pick. And uh, Prescott did. Uh, so, you know, what Prescott's completion uh, percentage is higher than Brady's, but it has nothing to do with accuracy or the balls that Tom put out there. I think Tom had, you know, half a dozen balls go through people's hands where he put it right on him. So if you're looking at 23 for 37 and you're looking at 290 or more, uh, yeah, that's actually pretty good. And that's just about all you can expect from a quarterback. Prescott, on the other hand, was the beneficiary. I mean, it's not blaming him. I think he's a really good young quarterback, but uh, of several screens. So they, their screen game was, was one, you know, wasn't a lot going on offensively for for the Cowboys, but the screen game uh, hit on a couple, one with Elliott, I believe one with Paul Pollard. So he had, he, they got more back productivity surprisingly uh, in the passing game. So that jumps the numbers up a little bit, but I think you're going to go back and look at this and say, Brady really kind of was an all the right moves kind of situation today. As far as, uh, you know, I guess his bad, his bad play would be the sack that he took where he got the strip off of him, maybe not stepping up and sliding. I'll go through the sequence here and touch on exactly what happened on that play and others. But, uh, I think by and large, Tom did a nice job of fighting off the rush. The old man's still strong, man. All those band, all that band work, all the the the, the ISO leg stuff, and you know his 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 lower body strength and his core strength and his pliability are all really still pretty good, even on a cold day here for a forty two year old man. So uh, he escaped the rush a handful of times. Not something you you often think about, you know, Tom as sort of default. But uh, I think by and large. You know, his ball handling was fine. There's no, you know, no putting the ball on the ground on, uh, you know, snap exchange or, you know, through uh, slipping out of his hand on a throw or anything like that. And I think if you just, from 
the view from 10,000 feet, looking at both teams, uh, the Cowboys had it out of their hands, something like six-ish. I think that's what I had in my notes, six. You know, uh, you know, punched out, knocked out, ball on the ground, uh, fumbled, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, but they only had one turnover. So I think in that regard, something I tweeted about right yesterday evening, they, they, they dodged a bullet in that way because there was uh, the ball was out a lot from the Cowboys, yet they were only, you know, they were able to secure it those times and just just have the one interception and but to be honest you know that's because one of the other interceptions is thrown and uh or sorry ball thrown into the end zone Gilmore dives it goes in and out of his hands another sort of example of how difficult it is to catch it on that day for the defenders and the offensive people but Gilmore did get one tremendous play there uh but you know you saw the high snaps uh for the, the Cowboys struggled with a little bit you saw you know the ball was just kind of bouncing all around the yard uh, the, the big cob play where McCourty punches it out. There was it was a tough day to secure it, and I think the Patriots did a slightly better job in that regard. Was much better in the special teams execution, sort of situational play there, and ultimately with that and an improved, much improved run game, a little bit better protection in the passing game. It's a giant net positive win. Survive in advance on an absolutely ass day. So let's go sort of through this. It's not going to be play by play like the Eagles won so much, but I want to hit the big points and we'll. Uh, kind of fly through this thing. Um, let's dive in. So we think the thing starts out with Sony Michelle in the backfield. And uh, I thought Sony Michelle had one of his best days as a pro. Uh, I'm not going here straight on statistically. Is that true? I'm saying contextually, this is true. I say, and what I mean by that is it was going to be a difficult day to run. It was going to be a very important day that they do run. And there were a lot of loaded boxes uh, against which he got the yardage he got. And I think it works nice in contrast here because Sony ends up with 20 for 85. So, you know, you're just north of four yards to carry, which is a good day. Elliott's 21 for 86. So a comparable, you know, not a comparable. I mean, Elliott's the, you know, one of the, the class of this entire, of this entire league. So, uh, when you're, you're sort of punch for punch with Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott, who's, uh, you know, has a really good offensive line over there, just like the Patriots do. Um, I guess some out there would maybe argue that, well, especially on the way the Patriots' offensive line has performed as a whole for the season, uh, the Cowboys would presumably be the the slightly better, the better offensive line. Um, and Elliott's getting 21 for 86 behind that, and Michelle's getting 20 for 85 behind his. And I think one of the very best examples of the quality of what he was doing on this particular day uh, was uh, Michelle's first run. And Michelle's first run, on the day is, I believe that was the 17-yarder. I'm not sure. He's got a 17-yarder on the docket there somewhere. But, uh, uh, you know, he, he – he, well, here, we'll get to it when we get to it. Let's just go next. Before we dive into specific plays, let me go straight themes that really I think on all of Michelle's uh, runs for the day get touched on. Needs a fullback? I had one. You had a Landon Roberts at the end, the one they closed it out with. Uh, we'll touch on that later. But a lot of his productivity was not fullback plays. Sealing, trapping stuff on the inside with a motioning uh, tight end. Uh, you know, trap on the inside. Sometimes it was Lacoste. Sometimes it was uh, Ben. But a lot of these were just zone plays. Uh, so that can't be it. He doesn't absolutely need a fullback to to, to chase to, to get the productivity needs. So that's not it. He had a really nice day where he would disprove people that, that, that think just that. Never makes anyone miss. Wow. Wow. If if and I'm sure I'm going to see those tweets if there's there's a rough game or a, a step back game by the running game at all anywhere later in the year. But if you're 
MO, or excuse me, if your sort of point of reference or the, the hot take you keep in your pocket that you always pull back later is that, uh, is that Sony Michelle never makes anyone miss. This game's going to be rough for you because there's like six, seven, eight runs here, big time runs, where he's making several people miss. He's outrunning people as well. So lacks explosiveness. Man, there's that's three different qualities here where you're going to be sorely disappointed if you like the hot take about Sony Michelle because this, this game... You know, really just disproves all of those things. He is uh, he looked explosive throughout the day. He made a lot of people miss. He often found yards where the play design wasn't because the play had broken down, and a lot of them were not dependent upon a fullback. Yeah, so really the first play of the day for Sony Michelle was a trap, and it was dead on the inside. So it's meant to have trapped inside. Uh, the end is unblocked. He bounces around back outside of the end, and then he also outruns the corner. Right off the bat there, blew up a lot of narratives surrounding Sony Michelle. And you could hear a little bristle in Belichick's voice in the post game when he was asked about Sony. And I think someone maybe referenced the struggles he had this year or something like that. And Bill was like, he's been good all year. He's been good all year. Now, granted, isn't it entirely true? I mean, I think that there's never been a moment where they were like completely displeased with him and benching him or anything like that. Uh, Sony, there were moments, obviously several games where uh, running into the back of blockers, not making people miss. There's certainly been things they've been working on throughout the year, but I like that that Bill went to bat for his guy. Uh, the narrative that there's some sort of problem with Sony or these giant disappointment is bullshit. And I think this was a night where he did both things when the running, when the run blocking was there, he did a really nice job. When the run blocking necessarily wasn't there, especially with some of these, you know, you got eight guys in the box, everyone's down packed in, he still was able to find some productivity. Are there some runs where it wasn't perfectly executed? Are there some runs where Sony could have done better? Yeah. But I think this was a night to remind people there's something there. We're into the cold part of the year. I don't think anyone out there should be surprised if this starts looking a lot like the end of last season, where he can be a 20-plus carry guy and he'll rush for 100 yards. I think on a dry day, we're probably looking at something closer to that. So, um, you know, is he going to make the Pro Bowls? No, probably not. Uh, at this stage, it's it's not that kind of runner. We're not talking about the lead of the elite, but he's good, and he's a good part of this. And I think he's learning to take less of the negative runs uh, to get what's there, uh, when he is creative, he at least creative uh, because of a breakdown. He gets he gets north and south more quickly. Um, yeah, I just I, I think this was a great day for him. And these are the kind of days where you need something like that. And uh, they went heavy with Sony, and it paid off. And uh, he looked really he looked really good in this game. Now defensively, let's go to this. You know that 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 the first drive does not end up in anything though. Uh, so defensively, the Patriots are back out there on the ball. Uh, I just kind of want to like canvas this. We're not going to go play by play, but let's put it this way. Obviously on the day, great performance of the defense. Obviously the running game against them had their moments. So there were, there were some bounce out plays with Tony Pollard. There was some uh, gas stuff on the inside with Elliott. Uh, they got some, they got some productivity out of that. And uh, you know, I think it was definitely a day where Huge win, obviously, for the Patriots defense. Only give up nine points. That's monstrous. Uh, but there are, you know, there's going to be somewhere in that same thing, what we just talked about with Sony, eight to 10-ish kind of plays that broke uh, where, you know, they got one. They have a really good offensive line, and they got some on the Patriots. The big thing is, though, they couldn't run it in. When they got to the red zone, the, the run stops piled up. And uh, the Patriots played really good red zone defense on this day. So were there some runs? Were some productivity in the run game by the Cowboys? Yep. 
it's pretty good running offense, but uh, they kept them off the scoreboard. So I think it comes down as a, as a huge win. But the canvassing part I was talking about is I'm not going to go by play by play. We're in this. They, you know, I'm not. They were in this. They were in that on this play. Then they were that on that play. They were in that. I'm not going to do that to you uh, on a Monday morning. But just know this: throughout the day, uh, they came out. This is a little different than some of the stuff we saw, obviously in Baltimore. Uh, but you see four man line. So four man line with eight in the box, uh, loaded. I'll call it because you're down close to coverage. So it's kind of hard to tell for guys covering his dude there or he's in there for run front stuff. But uh, four man line that has eight man boxes. But then also three four defense. So that's you know that's the different than the four man line. That's three line and then four guys off the ball as backers. Uh, so you know they had both. They showed both throughout the day. And uh, Brian, uh, Byron, Brian, oh, I'm not screwing that up. I should have looked it up for a set, but Coward. We, we know him. The, the, uh, the draft pick that the Patriots have on the defensive line, the only defensive line draft pick they had this year, um, he played some right defensive end in a regular 3-4. So you got, you got uh, Lawrence Guy and you got Danny Shelton and then Coward as part of the three down in a 3-4. That's a little bit new. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of that. So nice day for, or for Coward to get out there and, and log some reps and, and do a nice job. And some, that's some faith because these are early – early first quarter type stuff. Um, and in those sequences with Cower, it was, um, at least the early ones, it was uh, regular linebackers around them. So, you know, it's a 3-4, so it's all the four bigs. You know, the, the insides that you normally know, the outsides that you normally know. And then, uh, but there were some other 3-4 sets uh, where Chung was in at the weak side linebacker. Tweeted about that yesterday during the game. You may have caught that one, but what I'm talking about here is, yeah, you have your regular old th- three men down kind of thing, one over the nose and a guy each side of them over both of the tackles. And then Chung is the weak side linebacker. He's an inside linebacker off the ball. And when you say weak, you're saying you're away from the tight end side. So the guy that's to the tight end side, that's your Mike linebacker. The guy that's away from him is Chung. And Chung had a really nice play in the second half where he's the weak side linebacker. They're going to run tight, so run to Witten's side. And then Chung through the sort of cutback lane on the backside of center, takes a run through, too quick for the guard, makes a play. Uh, so that was another little changeup that they did that helped them uh, throughout the day in the run stuff. There was another configuration of 3-4 where they used John Simon as the weak side or the open side end uh, in the 3-4. So instead of where we just said Cowart was, instead of where Dietrich Wise sometimes goes, instead of you know your other your, your other big end opposite Lawrence Guy in a 3-4, they go small. So they say, we don't think you're going to run open. Uh, we don't think you're going to run away from your tight end side. So we'd rather have smaller, quicker dudes back here to maybe in the event that you pass, give you some pressure that way so they it's kind of like a small open side end kind of approach uh and that was another change up that at times gave the other side problems uh Shalik Calhoun got involved uh with some of that as well but I think maybe more of his was outside linebacker but I've checked that particular uh but anyhow the, the the real greater theme here is the way they mixed it up they used, they did a lot of different things uh defensively as far as the front stuff we're not talking coverages here we're just talking the configuration of the box they kept it move it kept it changing lots and lots of different versions of the four-man line stuff I mean you don't want to listen to me do a podcast of that. A podcast of that. We could go on and on and on, down to down, how each little tweak happened down, down in, down out. But uh, I think the greater thing here was just the the the, the, the greater theme. Excuse me, is the the, the variability uh, that that they could do all sorts of different iterations of a three man line, all sorts of di- iterations of four tweak things down in, down out, and as motions are happening, as they're flopping strength, as they're trying to move stuff around offensively of the Cowboys, the Patriots adjusted pretty well on the day and, and just never allowed that to become a dominant feature that hurt them. So good job overall in the front. 
Um, now there's a screenplay. The one for the first drive, the one bad play that they had was a screenplay to Elliot. And, uh, that was the one that kind of broke, didn't play the screen great as far as fits and things like that. Something I could probably show you better than tell you, but they gave up a screenplay. Let's put it that way. That was the big chunk yardage play on that sequence. But then they harden on third down, get the stop force a 46 yard kick. That kick hooks into the wind left and hits the upright at 46. Note that in your head. So Meyer, Mar, Mayer, whatever his name is, the kicker for Dallas misses from 46 into the north end zone, into the Patriots end zone that faces Sharon and Walpole and all that stuff up there. So going that direction towards the towards the bridge, um, towards the lighthouse, that was a 46 yard miss. Winds are winds are piling back in your face. That's the spot. That's that's the end that. Ended up being three misses on the day that ha- that happened there. So let's let's bookmark that and talk about that a little bit later. But offense is back again. Another big Michelle run. Another good one there. Nice patience on this one. A little more of a wait for it to happen. Let it develop. Explode through the hole. Gets a big big one there. Now this is a little later in the sequence. This is Brady getting strip sacked. Win on the left tackle. Now we obviously know is back in and involved. He runs his guy up the field. I think usually you kind of encourage that. You know, it's like oh that's not really a loss to the tackle. He got him like. Eight, nine, ten yards upfield. So up the field past the quarterback. You never want to do that with Tom. He'll step, slide, reset, and kill you. It was just a quirky, weird thing that didn't allow Tom to do that. So the place you would step up and slide would be up and to the left. Um, unfortunately, the routes that Brady were re- was reading when he would have otherwise stepped up and slid and reset to where Wynn ran the guy up the field. He kind of couldn't step up and slide left there because he's got – it's not a spy, but just sort of a low hole player that would have ran Tom down. He's not going to be able to get a conversion from there. Uh, and all of his routes were moving to the right of him. So if he, if he were to not stay in the pocket and step and slide left, he's actually moving his body away from the routes that, that he was eyeing were going. So it's just kind of a quirky thing. Say the routes hadn't been, you know, just by by fortune, hadn't been moving that way, and you'd have that exact same pocket look, Tom could step up, slide left, and that probably doesn't become a sack. But instead, you know, the, the end's way up the field. He's able to run back down the pocket. Quinn's long as all hell, strips the ball off Tom, but it amazingly bounces right back up to him. Good, good awareness by Tom, and he gets the ball back. It's unfortunate, but I kind of look at that and go, ah, there's a reason Tom didn't slide away from that and deliver a different ball. Didn't have the route sequence in front of him to do as much. And it's tough to get, you know, down on win for a guy that far up the field. That's usually something you want. So, uh, not a perfectly executed play. Certainly could have been executed better, but I do kind of understand. I hope I explained that well enough to how it went down, why it went down, uh, or why it went down that way. Um, defensively, back on the team, special team stuff here, huge. Defense gets another stop. Punt is blocked. Matthew Slater, holy shit, man, you're having a year. Hope that guy goes to Pro Bowl. He needs get out there and vote, folks. If that's your thing, um, yeah, you, you're going to the games, or I don't know how they do it anymore. Now, just please Google this and find it out. I'm sorry for not knowing that, but uh, Matthew Slater deserves to be in the, in the Pro Bowl this year. I don't know if there's ever been a Pro Bowl representative as old as Matt uh, at the, at the not the non kicker punter spot or long snapper. So. Dude, he is having a season. He is having a season. He's got touchdowns. He's got the blocks. Uh, his coverage skills at Gunner have been out of this world. He's just been gangbusters this year, folks. And that is a, a job that has been monstrous. Uh, the, not just his job, but the the, the 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 special teams guys has been huge and in, in really just sort of an extension of the defense. The disruption that has come from this team. The Buffalo game, I believe, was the earlier uh, pump block and touchdown. But uh, man, he needs he deserves to get in. He does everything the right way. He's 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 playing 
exceptional ball this year. And he's doing it a couple years after I think people started to, to question him, started to wonder if he was starting to fade because he had a couple little injuries. But he's back. He's going strong. He's making big plays. On a day like this, they needed it. Great job by Matthew Slater on that. And let me explain a little bit about what was going on. Um, so the Cowboys have a left-footed punter. Uh, the Patriots have eight in the box. Um, so the punt return team has eight in the box. So in other words, when you have eight in the box, you've got just one guy defensively, uh, punt return-wise, extended with both of the gunners, then you have a returner in the back. So returner is nine, the two extended uh, guys, vice guys, but not vicing, just, I guess, corners against the extended gunners. That's 10 and 11. So eight in the box, one, two. Left and right, extended, and then the returner. So what you do in eight, eight you're usually rushing. They dropped the guy out on the snap of the ball, so it was only really seven. But what usually happens um, for most punt teams is you don't, here's the word, directionally kick. You don't step to the left or step to the right. You, you, you walk straight down the pocket and kick middle of the field kicks because when they have eight, you don't like to directionally kick because your steps take you towards where possibly a rush might be. You'd rather sort of create the funnel in the middle, walk right down that hallway, punt it out of there. So usually what happens in eight up, uh, eight up, eight, eight guys in the box against a punt team is you get middle of the field kicks. You get straight kicks because you just can't risk directionally kicking because those steps might, might take you, you know, into a, an oncoming rush. And uh, they directionally kicked. Left put a punter, took some steps left of center, and Matt was, you know, they just had four blockers for four guys. It wasn't some fancy twist. It wasn't someone confused falling out. Matt just had an excellent effort. Got up the field, bent the corner just enough, extended the arm, nice technique, and caught it with one hand. Uh, I think the big mistake that uh, – that, uh, Dallas is going to see in retrospect is you can't you can't directionally kick you got to kick right down the pipe when they have eight coming uh, although it ended up being seven because one guy dropped off the point is you have a punt rush and you have a punt rush to the leg side that's not by coincidence that's not an accident folks they rush that side because it's as his leg side and uh, the little steps he took towards the rush helped you know even if it's just a foot <laughs> even if it's just a yard uh, you know a few feet uh, that's that's enough to help make it pretty hairy and uh, it was great block by Matt huge play get the short field and the short field was the one that the Patriots scored on scored their touchdown on so that's that's all you can ask for we you know I I don't have the red zone percentage in front of me it probably wasn't great uh because of the the nastiness of the day it, when the room gets a little tighter and you can pack in the bodies more and it's crappy and no one can catch anything uh, you're not going to be great on that kind of a, on that aspect today unless you can run it in uh, and neither of the offenses could so uh but uh on this particular day this was the for both teams, this is the one uh, deep in the red zone conversions, and uh, it came through the hairy fade. So obviously, if you you know how I feel about that from my column this week, he wasn't heavily targeted. Uh, I think he just had a couple balls go his way, the big drop on the outside, come back later in the game, but the even bigger, exponentially bigger touchdown fade here to the outside. Tom throws it up nice and soft. He goes up and gets it. That's what that kid can do. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes on drier days now with Harry because I think he's going to take some giant steps forward. You might see him get getting targeted a little more. He wasn't targeted a ton in this game, not for reasons of trust and blah, 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 and all that stuff. I think it was more the stuff the Patriots were doing. Um, he was on the field for a lot of a lot of plays, but there was a lot of decoy with with Harry and uh, working the under stuff, stuff, especially as, as it became obvious pressing the ball down the field wasn't going to work much. But he's a good blocker, and I think uh, if you can, one of the things that jumps out to me is a big 6'4 body. 
body. He played in the game, did a really nice job on some of these big Michelle runs. So, uh, you know, that's what he provided on this day. It's, you know, it's not just, it's certainly not a step back because he had three balls a week ago and he only had one this week. It's, it was the biggest ball. And his role was, other than the one long drop, which would have been a tough play, but he does need to make that catch. Other than that, uh, it was a complimentary role, but it was a role that, uh, that I, I think they're not going to be disappointed with. I think they'll look at it and say, okay, now we're going to start on a drier day. Uh, when the game plan changes here, we're going to start sending the ball your way more. Uh, and Harry seems to be up to it. But doesn't he catches the ball. Uh, he lets the ball get a little into his body occasionally on some of the driven passes. And I think that that one of the, the, the drop there is a little bit like that. Maybe not so much. but um, So he'll have to work on that. It didn't appear to be the most comfortable uh, bad weather catcher. Uh, and that's pretty typical with young guys. But uh, I thought Myers did a much better job with that of snatching. But... All independent of all this talky talk, talky talk, uh, he's he's going to be a real good player. I think you can see it. It's pretty obvious. Uh, dry day. Let's see what he does down in Houston. Uh, I think Tom will start turning him much more. And there's definitely something there. You get back either either Sanu or Dorsett and add to that group. There's something there's something brewing here. Let's just go that way. Uh, now, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Defensively. Uh, oh, and by the way, on, on that on that Harry uh, touchdown pass, I should have mentioned this, folks. Uh, he was chopped. The, the The path was cleared down and chopped uh, by Isaiah Wynn at the left tackle spot. He's a good cup blocker. So they on these fades down in the red zone, uh, the, they, they really want to get the defensive ends, especially the big, long, tall guys like Quinn, get them down. And uh, he was chopped down immediately by Isaiah Wynn. Nice job there. So that helps clear the path to make sure that ball doesn't, you know, it's, it's high and lofted. So maybe it's not going to get, uh, you know, it's going to get knocked down. It's tough, tough to tell, you know, from the broadcast angle we're getting. But either way, good executed block by Wynn. Um, you know, he's out there uh, doing, a, doing a pretty solid job overall in the day. Defense is out there again. Uh, this is the high snap on third and two to Prescott off of his back foot. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he struggles a little bit with the snap because the snap was high, and uh, then he kind of f- catches himself fading away. In other words, the ball is going to be delivered a little bit late. Gilmore's chasing this low crosser uh, of Cooper's, ends up being a pick. Big, big-time play there for the defense. It's a one big turnover on the day. Really just awesome to run across that route entirely, be in the hip pocket. Uh, and, you know, that was the ball That was the ball handling mistake of the day for Dallas, uh, at least because they weren't able to get that one back. But uh, now you got the ball at Dallas's 30. Now offense, this is the one that's um, a little bit disappointing because they get another, you know, you had the punt return, or I'm sorry, the punt block, and now you have the the turnover at the 30. This would, this would go down as one of the big missed opportunities on the day because it's just basically a field position getting flips, trying to get short fields and just do 20 or 30 yards of offense. That's basically what, what you're aiming for at that point. But, uh, uh, this is the one that I referenced early in the open about the, the balls that were missed that weren't caught. I think Brady drives in on third and seven. He drives in a, a very catchable, but yes, slightly above the shoulders thing to Edelman. I say very catchable on a dry day. Jules goes up and snatches that then. Uh, but this was the wet log ball, high rocket ball up above the shoulder just flies through. So that's on this day, not so catchable. So anyhow, I mean, it's catchable, but it's not surprising that it wasn't caught let's put it that way ends up being a great kick though and that's important here so uh folk is hits the 44 yarder this is basically basically the same kick that Ma- that mayor uh mar whatever his name is missed earlier so i think that's important to note uh mark made his kicks in the other direction his makes are going back the other way um at least the longer ones this is a 44 yarder uh, mar 
Mayor, I can't say I'm going to do this over and over the whole show. He missed a 46. So we're, we're talking two yards difference here. But that's a nutty, uh, a nutted up kind of kick there for folk. Good on him for making that one. They obviously need it when we look down here at the final final uh, differences. Yes, he missed two, but you know you go stand out there and kick. I think he did a great job as a pro today, get two out of four, especially two that, that uh, were in tough spots. Now offensively, uh, the, the Patriots got the ball back. Uh, excuse me. Wow, I must have jumped. Oh, yeah, offensively, they got the ball back. Right, so the Patriots got the ball now. What the hell? How does, it, how does that make sense? No, it's not great notes on me. I went from defense to offense. Well, defensively, they must have done something really right there because I've got the offense of the ball back again. So this is a Myers crossing route uh, where he had sort of the broken tackle, uh, makes a big play, a big run after the catch. I think that's something in Myers' game that I wasn't particularly aware of, but that he did on multiple occasions in this game. His run after the catch was really good. I'd say three times at least where he made the catch. But uh, he also uh, he made the catch, but he got the little extra juice after. And in, in one instance, it was to get the conversion. The others, it's to almost double the yardage of the play is is uh, able to get there. You know, the the throws for ten, the play ends up being twenty. You know, that kind of thing with the run after the catch. So really nice job there by Myers. Jacoby Myers had a really nice day. It's great of him to step up. We knew he could do it. He's had a five catch game earlier in the season. Uh, he had a, another nice day on a day here where he was being turned to as the, the second receiving option. Um, in a lot of sets, there weren't a lot of receivers on the field, but uh, needed it. Really gutsy day by him. Myers came up big. Uh, there's a big play on this Edelman on the air, but the eventually, eventually the drive does stop on incompletions. This is the one that I thought was sort of a, a weird drive, a regrettable drive, I think, in retrospect. Uh, I believe it was seven plays. There wasn't a single run. Now, up to this point, they've been running the football really nicely, and they went with the uh, – all passes drive. Uh, the all passes drive ends up stalling, and this is where you get the 46-yard field goal missed into the wind. Same end. Uh, this 46 is the identical 46 that Maher. <laughs> we're just gonna say it differently every time. <laughs> the Maher missed. Uh, so it's understandable. It's a freaking monsoon out there. Uh, wasn't able to hit on this one. It did feel like about a 50-50 proposition at that point. Make one, miss one, make one, miss one kind of thing. But it was a nightmare. So this is not a good kicking situation. Missed that one, but we'll get into why this is interesting to me a little bit later. Now, Patriots go back on defense. Dallas gets all the way down to the 11-yard line. So this is a good this is a good sequence for them. Um, you miss the field goal at the 11. You're given, or I'm sorry, at the 36 for the Patriots. Whatever. It ends up being a 46-yarder. I don't like doing the math. But they, they missed the field goal. So you've got decent field goal or, or field uh, position from there. Um, they get it all the way back down to the other yard line. They get to third and six. They run a screen to Pollard, and it's played really, really well by Devin McCourty. Great job there. Gang tackling, pursuit, off the stuff, off field. Uh, the Patriots were tremendous on the day. Um, I believe Aikman at one point had mentioned that uh, they were 0 for 4 up until whenever it was he was talking. I think we're well into the third quarter by this point. But 0 for 4 on third downs that were third and three or less. So in other words, you've maybe not done all the work that you want to on first and second down. They got to a third and very, very convertible. And usually it's obviously heavily slanted towards the offense in that down and distance. And the defense got four stops in a row. That was pretty impressive. Now the one I'm just mentioning here, this is a third and six, but they're off on that one as well. So really good uh, red zone defense by the Patriots on this day and overall third down defense. Offense has got the ball back. This is now a two-minute situation. I wondered, hey, there's a lot of time left, but they're going into that wind again. I wonder if it's sort of crossing Bill's mind. I, I talked about this a little off the top about how this is this is situational football day. This is this is how can you handle the the 
the the wind uh, judgments, the chess portion of when to take chances, when not to take ch- chances, the kinds of play calls you do re- do relative to the weather situation, the the special teams determinations, uh, how you handle everything is just so goofy and weird on a day like this. And I think Bill gets off on that a little bit, and he always excels. He tends to excel you know, as much as really anyone. Belichick really had a day today, and uh, I thought this was one of those moments where it's like you know what. Normal Tom Brady offense, spread it out, two-minute drill, go the length of field, but and back into that win and knowing you're getting the ball after the half, let's not take any chances here because I saw on uh, one of the field goals that uh, that Maher made, I'm doing it again, every single uh, uh, that he had on this particular, going that particular way, going south, uh, away from the bridge in, in Gillette there. Uh, he One of his kickoffs went out of the back of the end zone. In other words, when you had the benefit of the win, He's kicking bombs. So I'm wondering if Bill in his head saying, ah, two-minute drive from our 25 to start things off. Ah, man, uh, I don't know. This is not the situation where you want to, if we're wrong, we give it back to them and they're only going to need, you know, we we get too aggressive here. We incomplete three passes in a two-minute drill. Don't get much into that two minutes, you know, just leave 30 or 40 seconds off of it. Uh, mm, that's that's dicey because they won't need as many yards to cover themselves to turn around and kick uh, with the monsoon behind them a, a more makeable field goal. So it looked like they were slow playing out of the huddle. They, yet they were running their plays. They weren't sitting on it. But things broke for them with a huge Myers play on third and nine. Again, your third and nine is like, yeah, they just throw it out there, see what we're doing. But they're taking their time. But they did complete that one. Now drive stalls at the 31. Uh, a little bit later after that big completion, and uh, they let the time go down to four seconds. They kick the 48-yarder, but they miss it. So again, the misses in that direction, one by the Cowboys guy for 46, another, and two misses by the Patriots guy at 46 and 48. So pretty much the same kicks, other than just which hash it was on, into that end zone, blowing crazy, uh, where it was, you know, where the wind was the worst, and uh Three first half miss at about that same distance. So again, we're bookmarking. We're bookmarking. We're bookmarking that. Um, and here's the reason why. I'll get into that. What what goes on here later in the second half? So defense starts. Uh, excuse me. Uh, offense. They deferred. Well, so here we go. Defense in the second half. Gallup gets a drop on third and seven. I noted that here for this reason. Uh, basically. I think you can look at every specialist who played in this game, and I think some everyone had a drop at some point. <laughs> Witten, Cooper, uh, Gallup, uh, maybe Cobb didn't. Maybe did, I don't know. But well, Cobb had the one punched out of him, but it's not necessarily a drop. But obviously Harry had his issues. Uh, Jacoby had the one get knocked off of him. Jules had his. Uh, Burkhead had his. It was, it was just what was going on today. Everyone was having troubles with hanging on the ball because it was – it was a shitty day out there, and that's just what happens to even the best of pros. So moving forward here now, uh, offense has got the ball. This is the third and 20 play. Third and 20 play. Uh, the Patriots got back. I believe there was a holding call in here that caused that. Uh, but it's the, the hit Edelman at the sticks on third and 20 for a 20-yard reception. What a play. What a play. What a big-time moment. Um, and now Brady is unfortunately later on sacked in this drive by Malik Collins on third and 11. Uh, and this one was given up by Shaq Mason. So, uh, Shaq, you know, I think overall had a, had a pretty good day, pretty solid day. Um, uh, you know, they kept Brady clean for the most part, but this was the one that, that he did give up now defensively. They're back out there. And again, this is the one where I think, Aik- yeah, this is, this is my note where Aikman had mentioned that at this point they were over four and third and three or less Cobbs in the flat. Quick tackle and hit by Jonathan Jones. Awesome stuff there. Offensively, now the Patriots are back out. 
This is the one where Myers gets the ball knocked out of him on the big hit. Brady delivered a very catchable ball, delivered it on time. It's tight to get it in there. Maybe he has an option on a lower conversion, but I don't have any problem with him going with that ball. Put it on him, put it on there to be caught. Myers just couldn't secure it on the big hit. Kind of understand it, but that's the, that was Myers' mistake on the day. You need to come down with that one. You had a chance there. Didn't quite get it. Defense will be back on the field. Another stop. Another great stop. Gets uh, Get to be like a broken record with this. Uh, for, yous out, for yous out there that don't know what records are, please Google them. Uh, <laughs> moving on your offensive line. Offense has got the ball back again for the Patriots. Uh, big zone ca- cutback run here for uh, for Sony Michelle. It's basically a down, downhill run. Hits on the inside A gap to the back side of center. A lot of penetration, so they're getting people up the field into Michelle's face. But he sidesteps it really nicely. Uh, great cut, great explosion, big run for Michelle there. Nice one. Myers gets the big pickup in the flat. This is another one where he gets some run after the catch. Myers gets another crossing route on that same drive. So a couple big, you know, big Michelle run, two big Myers catches. This is a really tight throw and catch on third and seven too. Uh, but this one unfortunately stalls a little bit here with a big screen recognition play by Michael Bennett. Does a great job on that. Uh, you know, Gets his little revenge, I would imagine, coming back and making a nice play on third down there. Knocks New England back, and it, you know they were flowing here on this drive, but the the screen the screen stop there by by Michael Bennett really really kind of threw a wrench into things. Uh, but this is the big time folk kick, and I'm going to talk about this. Um, what I saw, he kicks and makes this 40, 42 yarder. Obviously, that's a huge make because we know you know sort of have game sequences go down the end of this thing with it so tight. Uh, and you know the, the the Cowboys having to make kick or not kick kind of decisions. The fact that Col- Folk makes his kick was really to me one of the plays of the day. Uh, he's kicking back into the monsoon. It's not let up at all at that point. Rain is still moving. We're uh, still coming down hard. The wind still got everything going sideways. You're kicking back into it. There's already been three misses into this thing. And what did Nick Folk do? Here's the story. So. I'm watching this from up in the media area. I've got my my binoculars out there. I'm kind of watching the kick operation. I'm kind of watching who comes back out. And they run into halftime. And just a few minutes after they'd gone in, um, Nick Folk comes back out. And uh, he puts a ball. He puts a tee. So he's not doing this with a holder and snapper. He puts a tee down on the hash over there right at this like low 40s kind of range. Near where he'd missed before, and now where he's trying to kind of figure out what's my range, can I make this kick? I need to get some reps in before the rest of the team gets out here, before the officials kick me off the field. So Folt goes out there, and he starts repping that kick, the identical kick that he's now making here at the 42-yarder. It's tough. you got to sort of judge, okay, the, where, do, how much further do I have to start it in one direction or the other because the wind's going to catch it and sort of you know make it hook and miss, as Maher had happened to him earlier in the game. So basically, it's like, okay, I need to come out here and test this. I just missed the 48-yarder before half. That's pretty speculative. But if I can take this down about five yards and work from that range and get the sort of uh, the, the wind movement part of this nailed down, it's going to come up again. Why do I point out the fact that it was different that he rushes back outside, starts working on these kicks, gets in 8 to 10 live reps that you otherwise aren't going to have an opportunity to get? Because the Cowboys kicker doesn't. Cowboys kicker, and in fairness to him, it's not like he misses another kick down the road, but he goes inside, and uh, while the rest of the team's warm, uh, Nick comes back out and works on some stuff. And uh, it that work paid off because that's the kick that he ends up making. It ends up being a difference here where, say, if he hadn't made that, we're talking about uh, a, a 
you know, a game where maybe the, the decisions at the end for, for Garrett and his team are a little bit different. So huge kick, work paid off, did it in game, corrected the mistakes, learned from what was going on with the conditions. Great job there by Nick Folk. Defense back out on the ball, uh, back out on the field. This is, this is the big Cobb crosser, sort of the breaking play of the day uh, uh, against the defense. It was the sort of one mix-up. Um, I don't know if mix-up's the right thing, but yeah, they hit one. They made a good play. Uh, it, was, it was cool to watch Devin McCourty run that thing down. Dev is fast as shit. If anyone ever forgets this, watch back the, the Cobb big crossing play. Watch Devin run it back from behind. And as you're seeing him and chase, I'm like, he's going to punch it out. He's going to punch it out. He's going to strip it. He's going to get it out. <laughs> he did. Not only does he run him down, but Devin McCourty gets the perfect punch out. But amazingly, it pops up in the air and comes right back to Cobb. So Randall Cobb is able to secure that one. That was the big, that was the big sort of missed play on the day. But in, in uh, defense of the Patriots here and their defense, uh, if the biggest play is a play in which you also get it off the guy, but they secure it. And you also then later help stall that drive. That's big, but not too big. And uh, it's a good job of rally and ta- rally tackling after the Cowboys had hit on one. So they get back and involve later on in this sequence here. We're looking at third and seven, uh, it's from the 11. This is going to be that decision here coming up. But really good pocket uh, push up front. believe it was from either Wise or, or uh, Shelton. I don't actually have that note here in front of me. But you get good pocket uh, flush to send uh, Prescott to his left. And remember, he's a right-handed quarterback. And on that flush, it's a really nice job here by Adam Butler of pulling it up. He gets out in front of it so that 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 Prescott, so Dak can't just take off towards the sideline, and he's not having a free throw here. He has to loft it over Butler, and it's that little loft, that little lob that keeps it from sort of coming in on the line, allowing Jarwin to stay in bounds. So it's thrown to the back line to the tight end because of the lob pulled up by Butler. Nice pocket control there. Uh, it's out of bounds. So Jarwin's able to come down with it, but he's too far out of bounds. If it's able to be thrown on the line, he doesn't have to do this. It's that extra time that sends Jarwin another stride or two into his route uh, that makes it incomplete. So good, good team effort there. Stop on third and seven deep in the 11. And then Garrett decides to kick the field goal. Don't think it's the right decision. Though Again, the ball was on the 11. It's fourth and seven. They're ahead 13-7. The Patriots are. The field goal would still leave them a score short. So a field goal doesn't really help you. I didn't get that. I guess an all a field goal could possibly mean in that moment is that a touchdown, if they were to get one, would win it for them. But I think in that moment, you got to be playing to tie the thing. Uh, or, 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 yeah, playing for the score then, uh, which at 13 to 7, wouldn't you know, we'll put your head. Uh, but I just I don't love that decision. And I know Dallas fans are kind of beating them up for this one as well. And I think rightfully so. There's six minutes left. You're risking putting the ball back in Brady's hands. Uh, if they get a handful, they get just a few first downs, you've got an, an entire field flip and a time suck. And you still got to go back and do something you haven't been able to do the entire day. Um, just not not a good decision there. I think you got to you got to you got to sort of at that moment. And trust me, the Patriots could have been happier that they did it because there's a huge trust that the defense is just never going to let one up. So how not only is it speculative if you be able to travel the length of the field to get there, you see all of them been able to punch it in. Now I think Garrett's uh, comments and post were something to the effect that didn't feel good about their situation in that third and seven. And, and in fairness to him, I mean the flip side of this is they they'd lost on a lot of third and sevens on this day. So it's not as if he didn't go for it on third and two at the 11. He didn't go for it on third and seven. I get that. But I think at that point, you just got to roll dice. Uh, you just have to, you know, the, the the guess is you won't be back here. 
and it's a really, it's not a guess. It's, a, I think, the high probability. The odds are you're probably not going to get back here. Although third and seven isn't ideal, you do have an opportunity here to take a shot at the end zone. You do have an opportunity here to, you know, maybe scheme something up. But they didn't. I think it ends up being a big, a major mistake for them. Not saying they would have converted anyhow. They they probably wouldn't have converted it based upon all the other evidence of the day. So maybe that's the thought that's run through Jason Garrett's head. But I just don't get not trying. I think you have to try because it's just too much of a, you know, it's just too much of a, a hope and a prayer that they're going to be able to drive the length again and get basically back to that same spot and do do the same thing that you, you have an opportunity in that moment to try to do. So anyhow, offense is back on the field. The Patriots, after the field goals made, we're now sitting here at 13-9 or whatever it is. Um, no, it was 13 That should have been 13-6. That's what's wrong on my notes. So it's 13-6. Uh, the field goal makes it 13-9. Now offensively, they're back on the field. Big time Edelman catch. Why does this matter? Not for points, not for fantasy, uh, but it loosens things up. You're at that point. You're in, you're down inside six minutes. You need this is kind of what they mean when they say the four minute offense. You're try, time is time is a part of the goal. Ripping off time here. You're up. You're up just the four points. You know the other team's gonna have to go the length of the field. So get that thing as deep and as far down the other side with time as you possibly can. Of course you'd love points. Of course you'd love to finish this off the field goal. They didn't. But this big seven cut, seven cut being sort of the opposite of what a post route is. You press down the field and instead of running to the goalpost, you run to the flag. So seven cut to the outside, really nice protection. This is a route they didn't hit on uh, against the Eagles. And this comes, and this is the same route concept again in another windy, nasty day, um, nastier than it was in Philly. Uh, it was windy in Philly, but it, you didn't have the wet portion. Um, but Brady gets out of his hand much earlier. Delivers a really nice ball, and Jules makes a really tough catch uh, and a big moment. They needed that huge play there on the day. And again, it's not for touchdowns. It's not for anything else. It's it's situational football. It helped it helped loosen things. It helped uh, you know reset the clock, put you in another sequence where you basically earn you earn another two and a half minutes or so just by virtue of hitting on that one. And uh, now we're advancing forward here a little bit. It gets to third and ten, so they didn't do much. Post, you know, post uh, completing that ball, uh, but they get the third and ten, and it's a Burkhead drop. Uh, would have been uh, short anyhow uh, by about four yards, uh, and it would have been too far to kick from the thirty-five. So they're basically clearly playing uh, field position and time football at that point. Uh, but you get the great punt pen. You pen them deep. That's a big time play there for the Patriots. Uh, you know, from the, from a special teams again, sort of ball control day, the stuff that 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 gets Bill all lubed up. So uh, uh, you know, it's coaching. You get it, there's tension. Or every little decision, there's a ton riding on it, and uh, they get the pen. Going to see if they can make them go virtually the length of the field to get seven. So with just down to right on the dot, two minutes, I believe it was. So this is when the defense is back out there. They get a stop on first, second, now to the third. Uh, it's third and real short, third and one or so. And this is the completion into the flat after late extended play to Elliott that goes for what looks to be a first down. But no, there's a tripping call. Not going to spend too much time on this, but I'm going to hit on it. It was a fucking trip. Good. Okay, we're done there. Uh, he tripped him. There's no other reason to stick the leg out. He stuck the leg out. He tripped the guy. People, the, the the big argument against it was like they don't often call that trip, but it is a trip. You don't you don't do that. The best way to figure this out, folks, if if you're trying to figure out if things you're reading or the opinions that were out there were bullshit or not, is look at there's two humans blocking. One human has both legs grounded and is engaging with his hat, hands, and shoulder. The other human is not doing that because why? Because it gotten through the gap. Frederick 
had his shoulders behind Hightower's head. Hightower's he- shoulder is past his shoulder. His head's through the gap. He's putting his hands on him and contacting him from the side. But contacting some from him, someone from the side doesn't stop them from advancing. It may squeeze him together a little bit, but he's popping through. He's he's gotten penetration back Zach Martin. Martin needs Fred- Frederick's help. So what does Frederick do? It's not an accident that that leg flies out there. It's not an accident that that leg's not... It's not a quick shuffle step to the side to cut him off. It's airborne because it's thrown out in front of him to cut him off, to obstruct him. That's the rule. You cannot obstruct with a leg. He threw his leg out in front of him for a purpose. Now, granted, right when that leg contacts uh, Hightower's leg, he pulls it back, and that seemed to be sort of the Internet's argument. Oh, he... After contact, he pulled it right back, so you could tell he was trying to pull it back and not trip him. No, you know what you're doing. You put it. If he'd have put it down as opposed to keeping it airborne, you're not probably getting a trip if he shuffles up or more. But he couldn't do that. Why? Because he was beaten. He was beaten through the gap. It's a trip, folks. I, it's really not that. It's letter of the law. And if I think there would have been up an uproar, and should be, if you would have been able to get away with that trip. And you know, you have Hightower on the ground after winning a gap. He's winning. He's penetrating. He's go, he's about to disrupt Dak, and it ends up being a checkdown from you know, and if an extended play checkdown that goes outside of the pocket because that trip happens. I just don't see why this is this is where people wanted to plant a flag. That's the big gripe. That's the big gripe. It is a trip. It's you really have to twist yourself into pretzels, and that's I think when some of the bias come out from which side of the ball you're on more against which team. But as a rusher, that's bullshit. It's bullshit that I'm through that gap and he can throw his leg out there and do an oopsie. Did I do that? And then swing it back away once the contact with the leg has happened. It's bullshit. It's a trip. It's why the rule exists. The fact that they don't often call it. Well, maybe they should call it more. <laughs> that's BS. It was a trip. Letter of the law. He tripped him. He was past him. If he hadn't stuck that leg out, he wouldn't have. Slowed him down. That's all you need to know. He's doing it for a purpose. It's not an accident that the leg was out there and in the air, not planted on the ground. He could get it on the ground because it was late. He did it to trip him. It's a trip. So I lied. I wasn't just that. I was going to go longer. <laughs> but that is not a play upon which to plant your flag. And I'll make one last little point about that. There, there should not be a beef about that. Uh, it just, just really shouldn't. It is a trip. If your argument is he should be able to get away with a trip, fine. Uh, that's a different argument. But it doesn't mean that it wasn't one because it certainly was, indisputably was. That's a trip. You're doing it for a reason. You would use other body parts, arms, hands, and shoulders if you weren't doing that. You would shuffle and cut off if you weren't tripping. The ball, the leg is up in the air. It contacts and pulls away quickly. Because why? Because you're tripping. I think I'm going a little long on this. <laughs> ah, anyhow, but all things in context again, folks. If that conversion's allowed to happen, you're at one. Uh, you're at the 38-yard line of the Cowboys. You've got uh, about a minute 40-ish or something like that, or 50-ish, I think, at that point. Somewhere right around that range because you're a play south of the two-minute warning. So you got to go 62 yards from that point in the minute 50-ish. Uh, to and score something you've not done throughout the entire day. So, putting all the what your feelings are on trip or not trip or whether it should have been called or not called thing, you can absolutely not logically, rationally, anything like that say that cost the Cowboys a game. That would be bullshit, uh, especially uh, well because it would. There's still 17 steps that have to come. I'm, I'm being. Hyperbole. There, there's probably seven to ten steps though that would have to come after that. That would have to go their way. That would then have to end with something they'd not yet done. So that didn't take a win away from them. Uh, I think again, if if Hightower's laying on the ground in front of that back judge and you had not called that, uh, you're going to have a rightful uproar on the other side, especially when it's a checkdown that's completed. He's through there. He should have had an opportunity to disrupt that pass to, to Dak. Uh, maybe potentially get a sack or a knockdown on third and one. 
and didn't. So the right call was made, and any there would have been many, many things that would have had to come after that that the Cowboys hadn't yet completed that would have got them the to, for them to get a victory. So that that play did not steal the win. It's silly to even argue otherwise. Uh, they got this one right. You know, it is what it is. Uh, the number of times it's called is is not the point, and it's not a valid point. Uh, so the one thing though that I would note from this uh, after this deal is that you, remember there's the incompletion that comes up here to Cooper. They made the right call on that one. The ball, you know, clearly wasn't controlled yet. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't establish the catch, and as he hits the ground, it pops out. So you know that it's it's uh, it's an incompletion. So they got that right call as well. Offensively, the Patriots are now back out there. But what I was going to say about what 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 is what needed to sort of be established there is that once the Patriots had now now gotten the ball back, you're flipped. You're in deep territory. I was a little, you know, there's a wagering side to this that we do our Nesson pregame chat show, and obviously on the pregame chat we were we went with the. We went with two things collective for the other group. We went with the cover on the five and a half, uh, and then we also went with the under. So we blew it away on the under, um, and we but we did not get it. Uh, uh, we did not get the uh, the cover because the Patriots at this point could have you just know, sucked the time, sucked the time, sucked the time, kicked the field goal um, to make it a full score, and then execute a kickoff or whatever, but they didn't want to do that. So I actually wouldn't have had an execute a kickoff. I think they could have run it very nearly all the way down because I think, well, maybe, maybe not. Dallas had two timeouts in their pocket. But anyhow, they didn't make the decision to get the points. They just went with a run this down to zero and then throw the loft the ball into the end zone. So again, this is one of the ones where Bill likes to get cute. I, I you know, I can smirk and laugh and don't really care that much about the wagering part of it the, from the lines and all that, but just that he got his opportunity to do what he wanted to do, which is to just run this thing out and then throw the lofted ball in the air. And uh, Brady's right. The ball had not yet touched down, yet they had stopped the clock. But I personally actually don't know the rule if if you're supposed to stop it when it crosses the boundary or something or if it, as, it does get to hang and not stop until it actually touches the ground, even though it's well out of bounds by that point. I'm not sure how that works. But anyhow, it's a situational win down the end, and Bill loves those. He loves to nail those. He loves to win time uh, time competitions, and he did there. So uh, that's kind of it. Oh, and, oh, you know what? I should mention this. This is big at the end of the game, uh, and it's really what allowed them to, to, to sort of get past those timeouts that Dallas had. It's called a boss play, boss, uh, back on strength. So... Uh, or back on Sam, I don't know which depends on the team you're on, but anyway, boss play. So you got two tight ends, you got big tight ends in there. Uh, Watson is to win side, and the you're running an outside lead play or an outside sort of zone lead kind of thing uh, with uh, Landon Roberts. So Landon Roberts gets his block, turns the force player, uh, win and Watson double team and turn the end. Really nice job there. This is this is all the stuff that's new. That's why I'm spending some time on it. Really nice block between Win and Watson, controlling the end. Block out, blocked by Roberts, the fullback that makes the crease. Sony hits it ter- terrifically, quickly explodes through the line. Big run, game ceiling play, and then the floating pass thing came after that. But that was really cool. Why? Because that is something you haven't seen them do a lot of. In a gotta-have-it kind of moment, seal the game with the run. When everyone on the field knows you're running, Dallas has packed the box, and they can align in this, and they have a much better tandem there with Watson and uh, with Watson and Wynn to seal that end and turn them and get your edge. And then Alandon Roberts doing a nice job as sort of this new pseudo fullback thing. Those are three pieces that weren't there 
you know, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, you're doing that with uh, with Newhouse and Izzo, you know, two months ago. Um, so that's a new change, a new development. They can win at, at that time of game in that way, and that's something we learned on this particular day in the muck. So uh, good stuff there. But anyway, that is all that I've got for the show. So that's, uh, that's the Razor Show. I'm Matt Chatham. I'll close this out really quickly with... Uh, Basically, just a thankfulness. You got to do this during Thanksgiving week, and uh, I'm going to be over the top over my skis uh, about how thankful I am to get to do this podcast, and that uh, we've grown our audience uh, s- significantly so since we popped this brand new Razor Show thing out of the of the first week of the season. So we brought it on new. Uh, Jeff and uh, Nick do their thing middle of the week. We're not on together, but I just think the property as a whole, this Razor Show brand, the ability to come in with five or six different iterations of this thing. <laughs> Each week you're hearing sort of the crossover show with me later. Nick and Jeff are doing heavy news items and debate stuff and getting into the interesting stuff midweek. I get to do the game re- review at the front of the week. We just I'm thankful that we have this opportunity. I'm glad that we have it, and uh, hopefully you guys out there are thankful that we do it. Uh, but I'm just glad that you guys are tuning in and listening to it. I love the numbers that we're starting to get. It's, it's really grown. The reviews on, on Apple are tremendous. So I'm, I'm obviously very thankful for that. Uh, and uh, um, other than that, I'm just thankful that I get to cover the, the NFL. I'm thankful I get to cover this team. Thankful to have my health. Thankful to have my family. Thankful to have my wonderful dog, Paco, who I'm not sure if you caught it, but earlier in the show, that was Paco whining his ass off. I actually had to pause the record at one point to go take him out so he could dump and piss in my yard. Thanks a lot, Paco. But I am thankful for you, little buddy. So I uh, don't know if the whining picked up on the mic, but I was sitting there going, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to let my frustration come through, but I'm giving my dog the double birds, and I'm, I'm swinging my fist and trying to make angry face, but he's just not getting it. He, he had to piss. He had to dump that baby bladder, so he did. But uh, that's not – you didn't think you were – we're going to hear a dog pee story uh, to end out the Razor Show this week, but that's why we keep you we keep you on your toes here. So once again, Matt Chatham for the Razor Show. Great win there by the Patriots against the Cowboys. We'll get into the Houston stuff later on. There won't be a crossover show this week, though. Unfortunately, folks, with Thanksgiving, so I'll next talk to you after. Uh, the Houston Texans game, and uh, but do look for all of our stuff here uh, during during the week. Jeff and Nick are going to do, best of my understanding, a midweek show with some other sort of interesting content. Uh, that's uh, a little bit of a surprise. I'll let them tell that surprise. Uh, but do look for all of our written stuff. We'll still be pounding that out through the week, and that will wrap it up. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your own families and friends. Take care now. That's the Razor Show, Matt Chatham. Bye bye.